Number one, uh, I would say communication skills. I think that's probably like unanim- unanimously, probably like the most important skill you need, like to be successful in any environment, sales or not. But especially in the sales world, and especially in my world, communication is huge. Communication doesn't doesn't just have to do with being able to hold a conversation. I think communication is knowing when to call someone, knowing you know when to email or text, all different types of communication, how to use each one. And, and when you are using each one, how to phrase things because things are completely differently worded in an email than they are over the phone, right? And so communication skills, I think, is really the most important skill that that I've not only needed in, in this job, but you know, thought the most important of. Welcome to the Edge of Excellence podcast. This show is for current and aspiring leaders that are dedicated to showing up every day in their lives with excellence. We break down the careers of those excelling so you can understand what is out there and how to rise up in every field you choose. Let's get the show on the road, shall we? Your host has spent his life promoting global entrepreneurship, helping 20-somethings find their passion and working to help others achieve excellence. CEO of CollegeWorks, Matt Stewart. Welcome to the show and thank you for listening. Today we have Lucas Tanner on. Lucas is going to talk about bad days are actually good days because of the learning that occurs and because of his love of the process. Excellence to Lucas means making a difference and an impact. And he's learned to be excellent through making choices. Time management is about choices, he says, and his strong work ethic turned into a desire to work. His choices helped him to be excellent at it. Lucas is in sales. He says that sales jobs are all about relationships. And he's in an interesting type of sales, utility trailer sales of Arizona. You can find Lucas on LinkedIn. Welcome to the show and welcome to the Edge of Excellence. Well, Lucas Tanner, thank you for taking some time out of your busy day there in Phoenix, Arizona, to talk to us on the podcast and to share your path to excellence. Absolutely. Absolutely. Pleasure to be here. Well, we're going to get started the way we always get started. I need to know, and everyone needs to know, what is your definition of excellence? Excellence, man. What a great question. I split it between two things. I split it between loving what you do every day and and being happy and um, really making a difference. I split it between those two things. That's, that's, that's what excellence is to me. I'm excellent at traveling across the country. I am so good at it. I did it yesterday was Super Bowl Sunday. We record these shows and air them later. And I had the setup. I had my double AirPods. I had my first class seat with my cocktail flowing. I had the TV propped up there so I could watch the Super Bowl. I've sat yes. in the same seat. I'm excellent at it, and I hate it. I hate traveling across the country. So why do you have to love what you do and be happy to be excellent at it? I guess I got another thing about that. I am really, really good at picking up after the animals. Hate that too, but I'm anal retentive, and I like things <laughs> to be perfect. So why do you have to love what you do and be happy? Yeah, I think I, yeah, I think I think being being happy really really is the, the 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 most important part really because if 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 you're not happy in what you do there's 
there's no reason, uh, you know, getting up in the morning to, to go to work and, and to have that second part of excellence. And that's that's to make a difference. Right. If you're just because you're good at something, if you don't have the drive behind it, I don't I don't think anything really will ever excel. Um, I don't think you'll get to the level that you, you know, probably want to achieve and should, uh, you know, achieve. I just think there's blockers that come when when you don't actually love every single second of what you do. I really so is do. it that? Excellence is making an impact and a difference, and it's easier to be or stay excellent if you are happy and you enjoy what you do. Correct, because you can if you're not happy. I mean, you you can't. You you could probably do it for a long period of time and grind through it, and you know, show up and and get there on time and leave at the end of the day. But 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 making a difference and and going above and beyond and, and achieving real success doesn't get there without being happy. That's for sure. So I I, uh, I had to travel across the country because I was in Manhattan, Kansas, doing a training for College Works this weekend, and all my friends are saying, "What? Why do you still do those trainings? What? Why don't you get somebody else to do them?" And I used to have other people do them, and then a couple of years ago, I decided I'm going to do all of them, and it means these weekends. I'm gone on these weekends, and it, what? You're going away on the weekend? What? You right. can't you can't go mountain biking with me? And I was telling them before I left yesterday. I did a little talk before I took off and I basically thanked the group. I said, man, I've already, I took a picture of this woman who was an artillery soldier in the U S uh, army. And her husband is still an artillery soldier and he's in Poland. And this is the day after the super bowl. If you're listening to this 1.5 times speed, which I strongly recommend those of you that gave me feedback that I should just talk less instead of suggesting 1.5 speed, I'm going to talk more just to spite you. <laughs> I'm sitting there and I, 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 I meet this woman, her husband's in Poland right now, getting ready for a possible invasion of the Ukraine. She has a child at home. So it therefore, is. she's basically a single mom. She's going to college. She's doing our internship, which you did, Lucas Tanner, our internship. So you know how hard that is. Plus, I yeah. think she had another job. And then I find out that she was in the military too. And I find out she was an artillery soldier. And then I started thinking, I've seen all these movies and they're these huge dudes. And I see these giant shells. And I said to her, I said, Hey, um, aren't those shells like 50 pounds? She said, no, they're 86 pounds. Mm -hmm. And I said, did you have to lift them? She said, yeah. And I was 93 pounds. I said, how did you <laughs> lift them? She said, I was four times all state power lifter before I joined the army. I'm like, no way that uh, wow. I had to throw them. So I took pictures of her. I took, I stood and took a picture of her. In my yeah. closing speech, I, I told her, I said, Hey, I sent the picture to my dad, my mom. I, I sent it to my parents, my in-laws, my siblings, their spouses, their kids, a couple of my buddies, all these people. Cause I was so impressed with her. And I, and my talk to the group was, my wife's going to hate me when I get home because I'm not, not going to stop talking about you guys. And then on the drive home, I land at the airport and I'm driving home. I'm talking to Jill. I'm just talking. I can just tell she's sitting there thinking, I'm going to hang up the phone on this guy. I'm so tired of it. <laughs> but I love it. I love it. Yes. Yes. And I'm, and I'm in that. I'm, you know, I think I'm an excellent trainer. And I think it's because I would sacrifice Super Bowl weekend to go do it because I enjoy it more than drinking beers with my buddies at the Super Bowl. I had Absolutely. such a good time. So I think there's something to be said for if you love it so much, if you love it, you may one day get excellent at it. So why not pick a career you love? Right. Right. Absolutely. You're not going to be excellent at something for very long if you hate it. That's right. Although I think I will maintain my excellence in traveling because it's a means to an end. <laughs> well, right. well let, let's back up with you and talk about high school. Um, and I, I've, 
I forgot where you went to high school. Where'd you go to high school? I went to high school at Jacobs High School, suburb of Chicago, Illinois. So suburb called Algonquin, Illinois. And it was a great experience. I, I was a I was a football uh you know lover, loved to play football, was really involved in sport. On the other end of things, I did choir in high school and you know, did did kind of both ends of music department and sports department, did cross country um a year or two. So had a really great time overall in high school. Shout out to Jacobs High School in Ogonkwa, Illinois. And yes. I've heard I've heard of Ogonkwa a few times. I think there may be a lot of success successful people that come out of that town. Because for some reason I've heard that town a few times in my conversations. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a good town. It's a big town. So yeah, probably decent people come out of it. I'm sure for sure. Okay, well, for some reason I've interacted with a lot of them. That and Colby, Kansas. Colby, Kansas, Ogonkwa, yeah. Illinois. There's a couple other obscure places. I keep meeting people that are interesting and successful. So you're in high school, you're playing football, you're doing choir. You said cross country was the third thing. Yeah. Cross country. Yep. 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 So you're a good runner. And what, what position in football? Um, I played, I, I was really like wide receivers, kind of what I'd play on the outside there. Because so. you're fast. You're a good yeah. runner. You yeah. got stamina. You keep going for the whole game. Right. And what sort of things were you doing to set yourself aside from other people and your peers? You know, I, I, the day I turned 16, I had a job. I remember that very, you know, it was, it was the day that I turned 16 was the day that I started work. Actually, oddly enough, I applied to two different jobs, a, a restaurant near me as a dishwasher and a, a gym uh, near me called Lifetime Fitness as a, um, as a camp counselor with, with kids and stuff. So I remember applying my birthdays in February and I was applying in January ended up getting the job before I even turned 16 was able to work. And um, I remember I started like the day of or day after my birthday, it was like right on it. Cause I remember just starting my job and celebrating my birthday. So I was, I remember being very e uh, eager to work. And, you know, the way I was raised is, you know, as soon as you're 16, your, your butt's getting a job and, you know, you're going to, you're going to learn how to, how to live and how to support yourself and um, what it feels like to, to make some money and stuff. So I didn't have, you know, working a job with, with kids and, 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 you know, it was a lot of my weekends were taken. And so really setting myself apart looked like, you know, not having a weekend to spend with my buddies and party or go to go on fun vacations and stuff. Cause from, you know, that early age, it was really instilled in me that, you know, you turn 16, you're, you're getting a job, you know, you got, you got a roof over your head and clothes on your back, but now you want to go to the movies on the weekend. You know, it's your, it's coming out of your paycheck that you're going to earn right when you turn 16. So that's really, I think what set me apart a little bit, uh, you know, besides my friends who were probably a little bit more focused on school than I should have been. Cause I was working and, you know, after school, I go straight to work and it was walking distance from, from my high school, the, the lifetime that I ended up working at. So I was working 40 hours a week and I was 16 years old, a sophomore in high school. And, I'd say that was a little bit, at least where I went to school, that was kind of the anomaly as far as, you know, a lot of people weren't getting jobs, uh, you know, until they were maybe seniors um, or getting out of high school. So. So interesting that you were just talking, you started to talk about Well, I started to think about what you might've liked about your work. And I'm looking, I got some notes here. You're at Jacobs high school, you're playing football, you're doing cross country, you're in the choir. There's that camaraderie, right? You've got that team. And I and people sometimes think of work as a bad thing. I don't want to go to work. Monday is the worst day of the week. And it doesn't have to be, right? You can look forward to work. Right. You can be excited. So what right. was it about 
going into the lifetime that was fun and exciting? What was it that you loved about having a job in high school that might, or in college, that might encourage someone else to try it out if they haven't tried it out before? Well, two things specifically. One thing more specific to the actual environment at Lifetime was, you know, if anybody knows Lifetime, it's a, you know, it's a gym and it's a little bit more than a gym. They've got, you know, a family center and a cafe and they've got a salon and, you know, it's more of a a club, I guess you could say. And it gave me this outlet for the, being around these healthy, motivated, happy, really this, this crowd that was just really nice to be around. And so as far as in terms of, of, of the actual environment I was in, that was a really awesome part of, of the job for sure. Um, being around that type of people. And secondly, it was just nice being, you know, so young and and having some money, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't getting paid $150,000 a year, but, you know, getting 10, 11, $12 an hour at the time felt, felt rewarding. It felt awesome, you know, to be able to, you know, there was a movie that I wanted to go see with the friends on a day that I was off on a Saturday and it was 10 bucks and I had the 10 bucks. I didn't have to, you know, ask mom and dad for the 10 bucks. And so it doesn't seem like a lot, you know, at the time, but it's like, looking back at it, it was like, it was all relative, right? Because you weren't going out and trying to buy an Audi, but you wanted to go buy a buy a ticket to the state fair and and that was that was cool to be able to say you know i i i worked for this you know i earned this and that was that was i would say for a young person looking back you know that was a really really cool thing actually really was yeah so it's the it's empowerment right you're not at the whim of someone else your dad your mom whoever else um it's fulfillment right you x to get y I went and impacted these kids and had a good time at work and made a difference in their life. And then I was rewarded and I can use it in a different way. And I think sometimes people lose that, especially if you're in the, in the genre of, uh, of Gen Z and mom and dad, like my, my son, I made him work all the time. I can't seem to get my wife to want my daughter to work that much. (laughs) Right. And it's interesting because I made my kids buy their own cars. And they knew it all their life. My son would get his Christmas money and blow it. He'd get his birthday money and blow it. Um, he didn't really want to do chores and make any money. My daughter was volunteering for every chore. She was right. painting the house at eight years old. And she was taking the trash out. And every time Christmas or her birthday came, she never wanted any gifts. So we gave her cash. She'd stick it in the... I, we had this bank where I gave him interest. And she bought an Audi, her first car, with her own wow. money. And it was awesome. A blue Q5. And when her brother came home from college, she pulled it out of the garage. So it was sitting in the driveway for him to see it right so there in front. He, he knew that she worked harder. She saved more. There's two ways to do it, right? You can work a bunch more or you can save a bunch more. And, and my son's a very hard worker. Um, he and I have a little bit of a spending problem. So it's my fault. He's got it. But man, she is thrifty and a minimalist. And I never thought she'd buy herself a nice car, but I, I don't know. It was the one thing she ever did for herself that was a big deal. And she's enjoyed every job she's had. Um, And I'm sitting there now. What I was saying was she's got her singing, that she takes classes, and she's got her band. She's got her water polo. She's got school. And she's gone like 5.30 in the morning. She comes back at like 8.30 at night. And then she has her weekends to hang out with her friends. And my son, I would say, I don't care. (laughs) Go work. But for some reason, we're a little softer on the daughter, and we let her get away without working on the weekends, but we're forgetting that camaraderie that you get at the work right, and that right. sense of fulfillment. She, she, for some reason, always has money. So maybe she doesn't need the cash, 
But getting a job is a fun, it can be a fun thing. And if it's not a fun thing, change your job. That's absolutely right. Or engage. And I'm right. sure sometimes you don't have fun in your real life, but you went to, you went to Jacobs high school, played football, you head off to college. And then you, you, uh, you were telling me before you're at a restaurant in another job and you're training someone on how to be a waiter or waitress. And you find out about the college works program and you came and did the college works program. And I guess fell in love with sales before that. Yeah, pretty, pretty far along before. I mean, I can think back to being, you know, a real young kid and, you know, getting, I had this real awesome lemonade stand. I wish I could show a picture of it, but, you know, I remember being so, you know, probably, I don't know, six, seven, eight years old and sitting on the corner all day trying to get, you know, 25 cents from the dude driving by and give him a lemonade. Right. And, uh, I actually remember in in middle school, I'd get, you know, when I was in middle school, these duct tape wallets were like the thing, like they were so cool. If you had a wallet made out of the duct tape, you know, you didn't even have any money to put in it. You were in middle school, but you were the coolest thing ever. And I'd make them and I'd sell them at school. And I actually remember getting, you know, coming home because I was getting detentions because parents were calling into my school and saying, my son isn't eating lunch. You know, he's spending, you know, he's spending this money we give him for lunch on these duct tape wallets that this kid I think is selling them. I don't know where he's getting. And word got around or whatever. And I remember getting detentions and my parents being like, what are you doing? You know, because it's 930 at night and I'm making duct tape wallets instead of studying for math you know, the math exam tomorrow or whatever. And so sales was like always in my blood and talking to people and entrepreneurship. And it was always something that I just loved doing people, 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 you know, that's why when, when I was working at that restaurant and training that server that had done the college works internship, and it just sounded like the perfect thing for me. I was hooked from the first conversation and couldn't wait to be involved with it. So. So my brother used to sell, sell candy at school and he got busted. My parents' attitude was, why are they busting you for that? Like, why were they busting you for that? Right, right, right. I mean, it's not your fault some kid's spending his lunch money. That's his fault. Right. All right, you're right. doing is providing a good that people want and being entrepreneurial and working hard and getting it done. They should have put the teachers in detention that put you in detention. Come on, <laughs> teachers at Jacobs High School. I, what I are agree. you doing? I agree. I agree. So you like sales, you're in the sales business and the waiting tables and working in restaurants, you're in the sales business. If you're working in the movie theater, you're in the sales business. If you're working just about anywhere, you got to know how to sell. Even if you're working in research and you're not, or, and you're not allowed to sell, you still got to sell your analysis of the research to whoever it is that's working with you. So there's, it's the art of persuasion. It's the art of leadership. So you found the college works thing. And I wanted to ask you a couple of college works questions because I, I have college works people on here and I never dig in. I wanted to dig in, but we got to answer it in a way that people that never will do college works can also get something out of it. So what were some of the biggest struggles while you're in this job? And let's say it's college works is one version, or you could be at Vector marketing, or you could be up in Alaska working on a fishing boat, or you could be working in an investment bank right now, a hundred hours a week. Anything that's really tough, anything that's pushing you to your limits, um, there's going to be these struggles. So what were one or two of your biggest struggles? How did you get through it and what did you learn? Um, I say right off the top of my head, I'd say time management, which is, you know, looking back, uh, one of the things I learned most greatly from the internship was, you know, 90, I would say, I don't know if all or definitely majorities people that are doing this internship are obviously in college. And so that comes with a good part of this internship being 
in their life while they're going to college and having to study, you know, on their on their classes or whatever, uh, while also doing this incredibly difficult internship. And so for me, right off the bat, even though being at a community college, it probably made my life a little easier because I, I commuted and I wasn't, you know, on campus around all this college life, but really managing my time well to be able to make sure I was I was focusing on school, the amount that I should be. Uh, but at the same time, also giving enough to this internship to, you know, be as successful as I could at it. I learned very quickly that it was going to be a lot harder than I had, you know, thought previously. And so that was probably the number one struggle. And really, since this internship started kind of just into the, the spring semester for me, right at the beginning, it was really tough. And I remember really having to to deal with my mentor in the internship on 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 fixing that problem for sure. So what was what was going wrong with your time management? You want you you have this ideal perfect world of you're going to be able to split time between everything and everyone, including family, friends, including your schoolwork, including the internship. And it really boiled down to to making choices. It was a it was a where do you need to put your time and where do you want to put your time? Because it was one of those things that you could see very early on, especially in the internship, that if you did not choose, you know, to to put some effort into this internship in the in the in the front of things, you know, and and on weekends and when times that your friends were probably at a concert or, or, you know, spending the day on the water on a boat, you know, you had to be working on this internship. So it became a choice game for me instead of, you know, let me just try to fit everything in. Let me just try to write a schedule out. It was more of like actual commitments towards those certain things and, and blocks of times that I said, this is X'd out for, for the internship, or this is, I have a dinner with family this night, or I have X, Y, and Z, right? Whatever it was, it was, it was choices that had to be made. And that was kind of how it was put to me back, back in uh, the internship. So. Wow. I do a lot of time management training and I don't think I talk enough about the choices. Yeah. That's, it's not where you want to put your time. We all know where we want to put our time, lay right. down, read a book, lay down, watch a movie, cuddle up. Um, it's where you need to put your time. Exactly. So you're making choices about what the bigger need is. So how has that changed your life now that you're out of college and you're in this big ticket sales? Yeah, I mean, it's it, now in the real world, you know what I mean? Now kind of growing up a little bit, if you will. It's almost more on the flip side now of customers making the choices and you having to conform with them. But you have to make the same choices uh, that, that you did before, which is if you want to be serious, especially if you're in some type of sales or, or business oriented environment, a lot of your time is actually not on your time. It's on the customer's time. And it's making the choice to make your time on their time. You know, it's not really about you anymore. And you've got to just put your head down, get to work every day and, and make that choice that this is, you know, for work. This is this is for for my for the business that I'm in. And um, this is what I need to do to be successful. It's just a choice right off the bat. Are you enjoying the show thus far? We go through so many resources and links with this podcast, it's tough to keep up. I get it. That's why Matt and the rest of the team put together the Edge of Excellence Bundle. In it, you'll find different tools that relate to overarching themes and topics of the show. Things like disk assessment tools, time management strategies and tactics, stress and anxiety management tools, exclusive videos and episodes from this podcast that is not released anywhere else, and so much more. The best part? As a valued listener of this show, 
you can access the Edge of Excellence bundle 100% for free of charge. That's right, for simply being awesome and tuning in. To get access, all you have to do is go to www.collegeworks.com podcast and fill out the short form there for us to get the bundle over to you. Once again, it's www.collegeworks.com podcast. Now, back to the show. So before you're making choices of how you want to invest your time, and now you're making choices of how you're using your time so you can be flexible for the customer when they call in need. Exactly right. And in my in my line of work, and I think a lot of sales industries in general, but in my line of work, for sure. All right. So you're in the waiting business. You're in the kid care business. You're in the college works business. What were... That and if you could, I remember my toughest times. What were your toughest times? What did you learn from them, and how does that apply to your career now? Gosh, thinking back, you know, I, is in in regards to those three, you know, and like those past jobs. You're saying, you know, which yeah, for toughest kinda, times at work, yeah. Gosh, you know, I'll be honest with you. The serving, the serving gig, and the you know, working with kids. I, you know, you had some, you you had some bad days, but I'll tell you, they were nothing like the bad days you had in in college works. There were some tough times, and. <laughs> And that's, there's nothing that compares to that one, one right off the bat that just comes to mind from, from college works, a little story. It was, it was my first ever um, job that, that we were, we were painting a full exterior. It was not only my first job that we were doing over the summer. It was also the first job that I ever booked um, by myself. And it was a, I think it was about $11,000 job in St. Charles, Illinois, really big wood cedar sided home beautiful home and uh you know just wanted to change the pace change the color and it was our probably second or third day on the job and we were painting over over his garage doors and kind of like soffit area just like white paint on these on these eaves against the siding and we're being really careful not to get it on the siding color because it was like a gray and so we were you know we had our bucket of paint up there and like i said first job didn't know exactly what we were doing, but, you know, we're taking our paint bucket up there and we had these plastic things that would go inside the rung of the ladder that would have a hook on the end that would hold the paint can so that you could have it up there and be able to work. And so the the, 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 the client, you know, the customer got home and he had just, you know, we had talked about a big part of our conversation. We were just talking about this brand new Tesla that he had just bought home, this black, beautiful Model S Tesla. And this was right when Teslas had just like started getting popular and he had parked it. Uh, you know, our ladder was in front of his garage, you know, and we were up working on the eaves. So this guy parked right out front. Uh, one of my painters, one of my, you know, we're all new to the job. He was, he was up there painting on the eave and that plastic piece that was stuck in the rung that was holding this this pretty much full can of white paint unfortunately broke off about a half hour after this guy had parked out front. And as you can imagine, the paint can fell not only onto his nice black asphalt driveway, big, you know, bright white paint, but obviously splattered all over this guy's brand new Model S Tesla. And that was probably the most devastating <laughs> moment of my entire internship. And I can remember that feeling like it was yesterday. It was, it was, it was wild. And so we running and getting the hose and spraying this car off. And, um, you know, the conversation with this guy running outside, I just, I don't even remember all the words that were coming out of each of our mouths, but, you know, certain things come up and it's like, you know, those, those days that you look back on getting through, you know, what, what seems like in the moment, the end of the world and things that'll totally end you, you know, you just work through them. And uh, that was just, 
you know, like I said, that's that's just right off the top of my head, a story that I can think of right off the bat. But right. that's a good times. one. That's a good one because who cares? Yes. Who cares? It yes. could have been an antique Bugatti. Who cares? Wash the paint off. But at the moment, it feels like the end of the world. And that's that's, right. that's a great metaphor for the life of a young person. You that's top right. paint on a Tesla. My son, my daughter crashed her car the other day. She crashed her car going zero miles an hour and it caused no damage whatsoever to her car. No damage at all. The other car, she hit the trailer hitch. No damage at all. And she's crying. And I remember the first time many times I crashed my car. I cried. I remember my friend Serge sitting next to me while I cried. Um, she's crying. She goes to school. She calls me up. She's like, I got to come home from school. I said, you do not have to come home from school. She said, I need to come home from school. I crashed my car today. I said, Kennedy's deep breath. Seven seconds in, seven seconds out. This is what we've been talking about. Right. This is an example of something that feels like a big deal at the time, but it's not a big deal. And the person she crashed into to try to take advantage of us, took her car in to get it inspected. They said that there was compression on the bumper. I'm like, oh, my God, it was $1,058, which $1,058 to a 17-year-old girl is a lot of money. And it's painful, but it's not the end of the world, right? right so you right. spill paint all over this guy's car. He's cussing and freaking out. Who cares? So how have you taken that lesson into your later life? How do you use that lesson every day now? Yeah, I mean, people say I feel like a lot to young people, but you know, in in the recent years, and a lot of a lot of times, I, I just heard two words, and it's it's slow down, and that's a that's a crazy thing, especially for a you know entrepreneurial or a business student or someone that's in sales. You know, the word slow down you know, or the complete opposite of, of probably what they want to hear and what they think they should hear. But, you know, just being able to take a, take a moment and slowing it down and just trying, you know, as, as hard as it may seem, it's harder in the moment than it is right now to say that, but, you know, just slowing down, uh, processing everything, thinking about everything. It, it just always gets you better results. Just always warrants just a better outcome. So you're freaking out, you're running around crazy, you're screaming at your painters, the customer's screaming at you, you think it's the end of the world, you solve the problem, and you realize, oh, all that was a waste. And he didn't need a paint job, he didn't need a color sanding, he didn't need anything but a hose, a water, and a rag, right? And the asphalt, even though it was brand new black asphalt, didn't need anything because it's environmentally friendly paint and you can rinse it into the grass, no big deal. You You just have to be careful. Right. So your lesson is, if you're listening right now and you're stressed out, slow down, slow take down. a deep breath. If you crashed your car, it's not the end of the world. It's only money. You may, it may right. take you a year to pay it, but you're going to live 125 years. So, oh, well, it's only That's money. Right. All right. So uh, how about the, the best times? If you think about your jobs, the best times you had, what did you get out of the best times and how do you use that in your daily life? Um, I mean, it was awesome. It, it was always awesome completing a job, you know, not, not, and, you know, not even because you're getting paid on it. You knew that it was completed and you were, you were taking a check, but it was what that check meant. And, and that check meant that you did a good job. It meant that you finished. It meant that you completed something. That was, that was the feeling you got. It wasn't, you know, the, the actual monetary value of, of taking a check after a completed job. It's always nice, but it was more so that, that meaningful, I guess I don't want to say satisfaction, but you know, you felt, you felt accomplished. And um, 
I remember, you know, and, and, and it made giving your painters their paychecks the next week so much more, you know, memorable as well, because you knew that, you know, you didn't, you didn't do it, your painters did it. And, and it was really, really cool to, to see that. And now to just look back at that, it's, you know, after going through all, you know, every single job had a problem, every, every job had, had something either minor or major come up, but you, you dealt with all those things. And I really learned from, from, all of those things, whether they were minor or majors, to take a look back at at all those things and and just learn to love the process. That's what I learned from all those types of things, and those were the best times. And so now, in in the environment that I'm in, you know, I'm I'm learning. I've learned, and and, and I'm still learning to to love the process. And and because that 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 check at the end, or whatever you want to call it, that that deal that you close, that contract is signed actually actually spending a little bit more time on what it took to get there and, and all the things in between and all the hard work and, and, and all that is really even more valuable in a lot of ways. So. Yeah. People think that bad is bad. No, bad is good. Bad is Be- good. Yeah. Because there is good in it. So was dropping the paint bucket, spilling it all over the car. Was it a good thing? Yes, it was a good thing. Is making right. mistakes a good thing? Well, not ethical mistakes, not moral mistakes, but life mistakes are good because you learn to not make them again. Right. And a bucket of paint on a Tesla is a good mistake to make if you're going to go work at SpaceX, because <laughs> what if you don't put the rivet in the rocket right and people die? That's right. not a good mistake. Right. So you, you protect yourself from future big mistakes with little mistakes. And the process, uh, that's karma yoga purity of heart, sincerity of action, clarity of intention. If you have those, you have to let go of the outcome because you don't really control the outcome. You control the process and enjoy it because even the bad times are good times. So now, so now you move forward, you left uh, the Midwest, you decided you don't like the snow and you moved to Phoenix, Arizona, where it gets to be 126 degrees in the summer. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, you love 126 degrees. <laughs> in, the, in the spring, winter, and, and fall, man, Phoenix and Scottsdale is nice. In the summer, I strongly recommend get out. And that's why San Diego is such a metropolis. Everybody leaves and goes to San Diego. So now you're selling, which is, this is this is strange, right? You're, you're not in this industry. People find the weirdest things to do. You sell the box that goes on the back of a semi. Correct. People exactly. don't even think of that as an option. So how did you get into that business? What made you think to do that? Yeah, so back in high school, um, even kind of kind of getting out of high school and getting into college when I'd heard about this internship, I had uh, been in talk, you know, I'd always wanted to move out west and whether it was Arizona or California or Texas, you know, somewhere warmer for sure. But a lot of people say growing up in Chicago, but um, we, I, I had been in talk. So I've got a lot of family here in Arizona and, um, you know, one of my, one of my family members, my uncle happens to own own a branch of utility and been in business for 60 60 years now and it kind of worked out with me kind of uh you know being interested in sales and uh entrepreneurship and that whole type of thing and really the next few years after that first year of college were really kind of all catered towards um coming out here it was kind of all part of the plan if you will and so I was blessed and, and lucky enough to to have that sort of in, you know, to be able to come out here. And that's really how I got involved in it. So your network is your net worth. So you, right. 
you develop some good people skills in the restaurant. You develop some good leadership skills at the base level with the kids at Lifetime Fitness. We have a Lifetime Fitness here. You then move to College Works. You're selling paint jobs, which is weird. You're learning how to focus on the process. You're learning that bad days are good days and big problems are just big problems on your own mind, in your own mind. And people are seeing that you've got this experience and you have an in at this really, really big uh, company, utility trailer sales of, of America, but utility trailer sales of Arizona. Your uncle says you have to do an internship. You have to have a, a sales job outside of an internship. You go sell cars for a year. So you have this kind of uh, path laid out for you by somebody. And people listening right now, there may be someone in your life with that path, but without, you just go look. You go look until you find someone. And so now you're selling something completely different. You could be selling rockets. You could be selling disk storage. You could be selling computers. You're selling the boxes that all that stuff travels in to get where it's going. And tell us about kind of what you do in that job and what skills you need for that job. Yeah. So a big part of my job, I tell people, my job is all relationship. It's all business to business. First of all, it's no business to consumer. We sell to businesses. LLCs and various companies all around the United States, um, whether they're trucking companies, logistic companies, you know, a lot of the big names out there are, are Knight and, and Swift and Penske and JB Hunt and probably trailers that you've seen go down the road with, with those types of logos on them. So those are big, huge freight companies that obviously they, they buy the trucks and, and trailers and put drivers in those trucks and, and send them all over the United States. And so a lot of my job, you know, we have competition of different types of trailers, just like in the industry. But my job is, is I guess, you know, we say we like business for a long time, not a good time. Um, we don't like just a customer that's going to buy one trailer and then um, never buy it again. There's a cycle to trailers, just like there is cars. So someone buys a trailer today, that trailer is not going to last forever after a certain amount of miles. And, and, you know, depending on where they go, if they go out East where there's a bunch of snow and stuff, that customer is going to need a trailer and not, you know, anywhere from four to seven years from then. So it's all relational business. A lot of my job uh, is calling on customers. I drive, you know, to a lot of places in Arizona um, down towards Mexico, because a lot of our business comes from there and all their all their produce that they get. So down in Nogales, Arizona, Yuma, Arizona, calling on customers and walking in. Hey, my name's Lucas, dropping cards and um, trying to earn their business, trying to build a relationship, whether it's, you know, taking them out to lunch or for a round of golf or um, bringing them over to our office and giving them a tour. It's it's just it's it's FaceTime is really what it boils down to. It's It's all FaceTime and getting to know these people. So. Right. Do you ever do business with this company, Epic Freight Solutions? I have not heard of them. No, we. I, I at least I haven't. No, I've been doing this for a year, though. So the only reason I have that is because my friend John Moran, who looks like a male model and played professional <laughs> volleyball and will be on our podcast one day, has his picture on his business card. So I took like 100 of his business cards and I draw little faces on them and mail them back to him <laughs> because... Don't put your picture on your business card. That's totally dorky, John Moran. That's a dorky <laughs> move. So, so you you're in the relationship business. Absolutely. With anybody listening right now, if you're good at relationships and you're good at leading your friends into doing good things, not bad things, and you're good at um, steering the group, sales might be right for you. From business right. to consumer sales or business to business sales, it's still relationships. And if you're in sales and you don't think 
the way Lucas is thinking, which is it's for the long term. Get a different job because you should be thinking it's the long term because you want to resell. You want referrals. You want to network. So you're selling this kind of weird product, refrigerated trailers mostly, but you sell all sorts of trailers. But it's about every four years you're going to buy that same quantity. Or in fact, every four years, you're going to probably buy double the quantity because I'm going to help your business grow because my product isn't going to break. My product isn't going to fall apart. I'm not selling you a crappy product from one of the competitors. I know there's only one competitor that makes crappy products, but I'm selling you the best quality product to help your business. Because if your truck isn't moving and your goods aren't moving from point A to point B, especially produce, what if the axle breaks? What if one of the um, support beams breaks? You know, that thing's stuck on the side of the road. That produce is rotten. So you're in the sales business, but you're in the relationship business. But really you're in the, I'm going to make sure your company can grow business. And so you spend your time creating new relationships. And then what do you do to maintain your relationships and make sure they know that you care about them and their business? Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of times, you know, for especially bigger customers, um, we'll take them to different events or, you know, this last weekend was the the PGA Waste Management Phoenix Open, uh, big thing in here in Arizona every single year. And so our our business buys a, a certain amount of tickets for for us to give to our customers, us sales guys to give to our customers. And so we'll take some of our bigger customers and, you know, they might take a a family member or they might take, you know, someone from their office and we'll take them to events like that. Um, We'll do a lot of lunches and dinners and things like that with people. And, and I would say the majority uh, of return business, especially in my industry is just being, being when they do buy a trailer is is making sure that process is smooth um, and is honest and is uh, timely. That's a huge thing in my business is, you know, products got to move from point A to point B. Um, People need these trailers, you know, five days ago. So making sure things are timely, honest, being upfront, being clear, those really are what bring people back more than, you know, taking some dude to the, the local steakhouse. You know, I deal with truckers. I don't deal with you know, real fancy kind of guys. These guys are in the trucking world. You know, they're so it's 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 being being a good supplier for them. Really, we're a supplier at the end of the day. We give them something they need for their business to run. We sell out of necessity, not out of emotion or out of you know aesthetics like in the car business. That car looks cool. I sell on emotion. We sell on on a realistic uh, business necessity is the best way to put it. So. So it's got to be smooth. You got to be honest. It's got to be timely. What skills did you need to develop before you got into this program to be able to ensure the process is smooth? I'm sure there's organizational skills, you know, the honesty. Uh, I hope you didn't make any dishonest mistakes, but what skills do you need to have to be able to ensure that that's what your customers want the most that you can deliver that? Yeah. uh, Number one, uh, I would say communication skills. I think that's probably like, unanimously probably like the most important skill you need like to be successful in any environment sales or not but especially in the sales world and especially in my world communication is huge communication doesn't doesn't just have to do with being able to hold a conversation i think communication is knowing when to call someone knowing you know when to email or text all different types of communication how to use each one and and when you are using each one how to phrase things because things are completely different worded in an email than they are over the phone, right? And so communication skills, I think is really the most important skill that that I've not only needed in, in this job, but you know, thought the most important of. 
And other than that, I'd say probably second is just like you said, organization. There's a lot of stuff going on at one time. Trailers, you know, they're they're made at the factory in Arkansas, let's say, and that trailer needs to be in New York on March 17th. I mean, there's a lot of organization that goes into, you know, logistically how that trailer is going to get point A to point B and how everything needs to be done. And and you're still working deals with eight other customers. So communication skills and definitely organization is a close second, I would say, are the two most important skills. And where'd you develop the your communication organization skills? I mean, you probably get a little piece of it from everything. I could probably attribute a little bit to school and I could probably attribute, attribute it a little bit to my early on work experience. I could even probably attribute it partially to my parents and the way that I was raised. But College Works gave me an internship to be in a sales environment and to, you know, be able to door knock. A lot of people you know, I think that was like a blessing, you know, to be able to, you know, if you want to get good at talking to people, go knock on a thousand doors one summer and get all different meet people from all different, you know, backgrounds and, and get all different types of responses. That'll, that'll learn, that'll teach you how to, how to communicate with people. So communication skills um, was definitely from that internship. I got to communicate with all different all different facets, not only in in a in a customer standpoint, getting to communicate with customers and trying to sell, and um, you know, then once it was sold, dealing with them through the actual follow up process and on the customer side of things, but also on an employee uh, employee and relational uh, side of things, and getting to deal with communicating with hiring employees and you know having a team and and all the things that come with that, and then thirdly, dealing with upper uh, mentorship and you know, different managers that you had above you that were giving you advice and direction and uh, learning how to learn and how to listen. So you just got all this different types of communication all in one place and you were just you absorbed it from all different angles. So bulk of my communication, at least looking back on my life, was definitely from that internship for sure. Yeah, wait, Waiting tables, you learn how to work hard, you learn how to smile even when you're grumpy, you learn how to communicate, knocking on doors, you learn how to communicate. You learn how to deal with different types of people selling. And I forgot about working with your employees because maybe they're grumpy that day and Absolutely. you've got to communicate with them or maybe they're mad at you and you need to adjust them. Well, that's that is fantastic. I actually thought you were going to I, I always forget that people think that I want them to say college works, which I do. Um, and I know you answered honestly, but I was thinking you were going to say wedding tables, which is where my son learned how to communicate yes. in the restaurant business. But wherever you get it, if you're listening right now, get out there, interact with a lot of people. You're going to need sales skills in anything you do. And Lucas Tanner, I know we're almost out of time. I only have one more question for you. What sacrifices did you make in your early 20s that you're so happy you made and you would tell yourself to do all over again? You know, it doesn't sound like a sacrifice right off the bat getting to move uh, from Chicago to Arizona to, to work for a company that my uncle owns and have that in. But it was a sacrifice leaving everything I ever knew behind. You know, I was 21 years old and every single friend that I had made and every single family member that I'd ever known. I mean, you know, I was an only child. My mom and dad, you know, are a huge part of my life. And I left that behind. You know, they still live in Chicago. They didn't follow me out here. They've got their own work thing and they're not retired. So that was you know, looking back a big sacrifice and, you know, you had to look at yourself and say, dude, it's time to grow up a little bit. You know, you got to look yourself in the mirror and say, I'm moving 2000 miles away off, you know, on the other side of the country. And I don't know what's going to happen. I've got this cool, good paying job lined up, but there's so many things outside of that. I don't know anyone out here. I've got a decent amount of family, but I didn't have any friends out here. And um, I didn't have any, you know, organization or club or cool thing that I was a part of or any of that. And, um, 
you know, so that was a sacrifice and, and that was a good sacrifice that I do again. And I'd do it even earlier if I could. I think it's, you know, I didn't go to a, a college where I can go off to a campus and be apart from home, away from home and do a cool thing and be in a completely separate environment. I went to a community college 15 minutes away from my house. So whether it's college in a different state or far away from home or a different job opportunity in a different state or something that comes up, I think it's so awesome to to take that opportunity that might seem like a sacrifice at the time. Um, but like I said, looking back, I would do it 10 times over 100%. Yeah, there's a there's a theory that you should move your kids around every few years so they get used to that. If it doesn't yes. kill you, it makes you stronger. Yeah. You learn to build relationships, you learn to find friends, you learn to find the clubs, which will help you in your business because that's what right. you're doing in business, except the friends have to pay. Well, Lucas right. Tanner, thank you so much for making time for coming on the show today. I appreciate all your insight and advice. I know there's people that are growing from this. If you're listening, you can find Lucas How on LinkedIn. Where they find LinkedIn, you? Yeah, LinkedIn, find me. Uh, Facebook, social media, I'm on all of them. Um, Lucas Space Tanner, and you can find me on pretty much all of it. And Utility Trailer Sales of Arizona is probably hiring good people, so you can talk to Lucas about getting a job there if you want to get into big ticket sales. Well, thank you, Lucas, very much for making time for the Edge of Excellence today. Awesome. Thank you so much, man. I hope you enjoyed that episode today on the Edge of Excellence podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe on whichever platform you're listening to this. If this episode made you think of someone, go ahead, take a screenshot and share this exact episode with them. This show exists to showcase what is possible when young leaders are willing to step out of their comfort zone and choose to excel in their lives. To learn more about our internship for young and ambitious students, www.oneinternship.com podcast to see if it's something that makes sense for you. Once again, it is www.oneinternship.com slash podcast. Let this be a reminder for you to live on the edge of excellence in your business and life. See you next time.